So like she's done this multiple times, and then she has the audacity to come onto this podcast and go. The Concast Podcast will now begin. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Concast Podcast, Con's best podcast because we're the only one still. Yeah, um, it is. <laughs> today we have our new guest, Hallie Paredes. Is that how you say your last name? Um, Paredes. Paredes. But if you want to like less white it, it's like Paredes, like Walt. Oh, Hallie Paredes. Okay. Um. She she is a junior, though now actually she's a senior, but we'll get to that in a bit. She's a philosophy major. She's a gov minor. She's also in the public health pathway. She's also on the women, she's also on the women's rowing team. She's also a career fellow. She is also a social media intern at the admissions office. And she apparently has several NPR radio pieces about her. No, Wait. only one. Oh, I thought you said several. Well, no, only one. Well, NPR still talked about Hallie at some point in our lives. But Hallie, hello, how are you doing today? You know, I I'm surviving. I'm trying to thrive. What, um, yeah, what does surviving entail for for you? Um, like eating, um, <laughs> <laughs> like a lot. Um, breathing, drinking water. Um, Okay, let's been, let's let's go on to the thriving part. What well, does the thriving okay, part? Thriving. <laughs> um, I've been running a lot, um, which is so unlike me as a person. Um, yeah, it is unlike you, and I know you. Yeah, <laughs> we've been friends for so long, and I make fun of you for running, and then I've just like taken it on as my personality trait. Um, exactly, but um, I've re- I've been reading. Um, I've been going on drives. I've been getting in like a full quarantine, like um, full body suit to get Dunkin' Donuts. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, full body suit, what are you doing? Yeah, and I was like, like, a lot I, of things could follow that. Um, yeah. yeah. For, so. a, for I don't know why, for a second, I thought you were wearing one of those, like, body suits that, like, help you sweat and, like, you lose, like, water weight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always trying to lose some water weight. <laughs> Who are we kidding? I, like, look like old school wrestler and I put, like, garbage bags on every other <laughs> like, body. Yeah, but that's nice. Go and run, run for the Dunkin'. Anything else? Um, like, no. I've been watching a lot of TV and movies. Um, I, oh my god, I have a job. Um, hey! Work. You're <laughs> doing better than a lot of A lot people. of people! <laughs> so, I know, yeah. I kind of, like, I'm really lucky to have it. Where, where um, are you working now, then? I'm a research assistant for a bioethics consulting firm. Mm, wait, that's a, that's a, there's a firm for bioethics consulting? Yeah, like they're um, consulting groups in. It's just like. <laughs> what? Big, what? Are, like, I'm sorry. What do they do? They just like scientists walk up to them. You're like, yo, dog, we're gonna inject this into a rat, and you're like, that's bad because well, what if that no, was a human? Well, no, hopefully there are other people that are like, that's bad before they get to a consulting group. But it's more like if they have bigger projects or like. Tell us we're ethically sound so we can, oh, okay. Yeah, it's like give us ethical, bioethical guidance or like at least give us like a framework to think about the ethics involved in what we're doing. So um, I've been doing some work Hmm. with like looking at um, the coronavirus right now um, and how different states are responding to it and... Bad. um, (laughs) Yeah, like... um, And just kind of like, I've been doing a lot of reading um, for this like research 
assistant position um, about kind of issues affect like interfering with the coronavirus. So it's like resource allocation. So when there's like four ventilators and 50 patients, who gets the ventilator and how, how can you ethically decide that just that kind of really difficult choice um also kind of public health concerns so i read a really interesting piece written by um the two people who i'm working with at the consulting group um about like wearing scrubs in public and how that's another kind of coronavirus threat that we're not really talking about um so different things like that and then i'm also um like kind of with the consulting like with the research assistant opportunity this summer they're giving me the chance to kind of like research the things that I'm, I find interesting. Um, and what do you find interesting? Kind of, um, I'm really interested in pediatric bioethics. Um, okay, you gotta, you gotta give, yeah, exactly, you gotta explain it. I, yeah. So that's kids, um, right? Yeah. You <laughs> <laughs> got the foundation. Um, the Latin term for children. I actually don't know. Um, that was a joke, but um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so pediatric bioethics is like ethical issues affecting children and healthcare. So um, I published research last summer that got accepted to the UNESCO World Conference on Health Law and Medical Ethics. Um, and and that is the end of the podcast. Just so that many is everything you made. <laughs> You're going to need me for longer. Um, but so I, it was entitled The Littlest Voice and I kind of examined um, whether children have a right to know basic prognostic and diagnostic information about their healthcare um, from their parents, if their parents withhold that information from their kids. Um, so I kind of looked at the relationship between doctors and children, um, kind of in the sense that. Well, do, doc- pa- no. do parents withhold shit though? I don't know. When I was growing up, yeah, my mom was just like, "Yo, we're gonna inject you. Do you know what this? What's in this?" And I was like, "What?" And they're like, "The virus." And then, but it's in a weakened state. And then, like the doctor was like, oh, "It's like not gonna hurt, but it's also gonna hurt." So, like, but I that's got scary. Like, that's kind of hard for like my. I it was funny. Like, one of my best friends when I was doing this research, I was talking to her, and she was like laughing about this. So the joke, but she was like, the most traumatic thing ever was her parents took her, like, brought her out of the house to run errands, told her she was going to get like ice cream or go to like the bookstore or something. What? And brought her to the dentist to get four teeth pulled. Bro, what? Yeah, that, yeah. You're not bringing a dog. What the heck? Yeah, that is. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, she was, I think she's like seven. So some could say like, well, she didn't, she couldn't have like really processed. Maybe it would have made the situation harder for her to know you're going to get your teeth pulled. Like, let's go. Um, But she was just kind of joking. Like it caught her by full surprise. And and she's like 21 now. It's stuck with her for like 14 years. Um, So I'm, yeah. And then I I think I, not to make this overly sad, um, but I was looking at specifically end of life decisions. So if the child has a terminal illness, um, do you tell the child that they're terminally ill or do you just not tell them at all? Um, oh, I mean, hmm. Mm. Well, I mean, I, she's like, I've gotten a lot of, like when I tell people that I did this, some people get really mad at me, which gives me anxiety, but, um, do you tell them, did you say yes to telling them? Yet? Yeah. I said they should know basic prognostic and diagnostic information. Um, but it, it should be kind of told in a child-appropriate lay, way in a child-led discussion. Oh, what um, the heck? My mom would just be like, yo, you got four months left. We're going to live it out. And then we ball. Let's go get some <laughs> like, ice cream. So <laughs> Let's go get some ice cream. We're not going to the dentist this time. <laughs> be like, there's no point anymore. There's never a point. Yeah. We're philosophy majors. But, um, like, yeah. So, 
I said yes um, because I've read a lot of really sad testimonials about like kid like because a lot of times too a big part of my research was understanding how perceptive children are like regardless of their age um, like a lot of times when parents decide not to tell children that they have some type of terminal illness or other serious illness like cancer or um, anything kind of I don't know really big most of the time the children find out either by overhearing it or um, knowing themselves that something's wrong and they choose to withhold them okay they like decide not to tell their parents they know to protect their parents but that's so stupid though weird... no like can you no okay you, like, yeah I, I guess my... I don't want to upset my parents anymore they're already like seem to be really upset and so then it's so sad like this child's last few months are spent with like themselves burdening this decision without feeling like they can tell anyone their parents trying to step on eggshells and I also said too if this child is in hospice care or palliative care which is like end of life or just comfort care um, my argument was you're not meeting the standard of care if you're completely disregarding their mental health um, yeah. and like communicating with them fully so that was my reason not gonna lie I'd say yes I, okay you say you say yes but not part of me is like I feel like Danzo wouldn't say yes Really, Danzo? I feel, I, I feel like Danzo would just be like, you know what? You're going through, like, you're a great child. I love you so much. You know, let's just, like, fuck school, fuck everything. <laughs> let's just yeah. spend four months together. <laughs> I don't know if I, I don't know if I would have the heart to much how that. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I have the heart yeah, for Well, that. that's why, like, it's a really sad research topic, so I typically try not to bring it up. Um, but I did. Um, so. uh, well, like, okay, well, like, did, did, you, did you ever bring this up during, like, a date, though? Were you like, oh, hey, hey. I have, when I was <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that is not the correct time. Hey, like, hey, you know, no, 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 my name's like, Hallie. Was, I'm from America. I... Do you know that, like, I am, I would, like, did this whole paper thing on, like, telling kids that they would be dying. Okay, first of all, you're not crazy like that because I'm people hating me. Um, and that's, like, very stressful. Um, no, but, like, when I was, like, abroad and we were, I was, like, traveling or in hostels and meeting people, um, like they would be like, oh, I'm a, I'm a medical student, and I was like, oh, I was just doing like medical ethics research, and then we would talk about it. I wouldn't flat out be like, what do you think? Do you think you would tell a kid? <laughs> like it wasn't like a, what would you do? Because it also really gives me anxiety when people like, I don't know someone yet, and then they get so in my face about their opinions, anti my opinion when they don't know my like. You don't know who I am. Like, <laughs> hey, you don't know my story. Um, so yeah, I. I I have brought it up in situations like that. Yeah. Wink. But it's not like it hasn't been. Oh wait, what? (laughs) Oh my god! I like (laughs) you're getting like, ooh, like let's go to your room, and then you're just like, let me let me tell you about the research right now. (laughs) On a date, and I just was like, oh, when I was like out hanging out with people. Okay, Holly, tell me (laughs) what's the. Oh my god! (laughs) Don't tell me about that. I'm not. Oh my god. No. Okay. Um. There's a way. No. Uh, hey, you didn't even hear the question. My question was like, what's the worst time that you think you've done? Like, like what's the time where you shouldn't have like philosophized in the face of somebody, but then you chose to like talk about philosophy? Uh, I usually don't talk about philosophy because I don't understand it at all. Oh, like, I guess, I've, I've, I guess in your point of view, it would be like, when did you get too deep when you shouldn't have gone too deep? <laughs> too deep? Mm, 
Oh, probably like during a math quiz or something. Where I was like, why am I, why am I doing this right now? It's not gonna get me anywhere. None of this, you know, life is meaningless, stuff like that. Holly, what about you? Um, like a lot. Um, I see, yeah, she's a philosophy major. No, but like, I feel like, I feel like one thing about, I think, I feel like one thing because like as a philosophy major, like one thing you always boast about is like how you're like super aware of like yeah like i know that i'm aware of my bias i can assume different perspectives and like that's true but also sometimes you just like can't help but philosophize when you like know you shouldn't do that but like yeah like what's your what do you think your worst time was or like just pick one um well that's actually really hard um <laughs> well, you I have, have so like, many options two different like reoccurring it's like with people where i'm like i shouldn't have brought this up like it's with um i have like a really close friend of mine who is a very like hard sciences person okay and i will bring up like philosophy things they'll be like oh my god uh like in intro to philosophy one day with professor feldman we talked about like harry potter and another really random thing in class and like geometry or something and so my friend was like what'd you talk about in class and i was like harry potter harry potter and geometry and she was like, well, in what situation? And I explained it in a very philosophical way. And she got, like, so angry. And she was like, well, like, that doesn't even make any sense. Like, that doesn't make... If you, like, understand the brain, um, it just... Would... And I was like, no, no, no. Like, let's just, like, stop talking about neuroscience for a second. And let's talk about, like, the inside brain. And she just can't, like, she cannot. So... And it's, so it's always funny where I'll be like, I'll start something. And then she'll be like, well, that's not even an argument. Because, like, you know that the brain does this and, like... It's just like, oh, yeah, no, I uh, I love those people. I'm sorry. When you're like, the hypothalamus actually controls this aspect of the mind, so you can't even do this to the mind itself. And I'm just like, what are you talking? Let's just say. Because I feel like a lot of like philosophy is being like, okay, like let's pretend like this isn't real and this isn't a thing and like this isn't real. How would you? And so it's like, it it involves a lot of like selective thinking that annoys nine, like almost everyone I talk to about like very, like, philosophy things but um like i feel like dancers equivalent in music would be like like dancer are you one of those people who like makes music with like their feelings and emotions or like are you one of those people who like oh yeah just like this is how you make a beat this is how like the scientific way of making a beat and that's how i make a beat um probably more so the second but i wouldn't say i'm fully i uh, know i mean i probably more so the first which is feelings and emotions but i don't really like going making music thinking like I'm gonna let my emotions like influence how the beat comes out it's just whatever like comes out okay yeah i don't i don't really even know like, if, sorry i did not mean to cut you off no, <laughs> like, if you were to make something with a specific like i don't know you you created a piece of music and you had like a specific emotion or, or kind of thought process behind it and someone else were to listen to it and be, like be like Oh, I see what you did there, emotionally, and like give you the f- completely false, like opposite of what you were trying to do. Would that piss you yeah. off, or would that just kind of be like, yeah? No. Would you be like, no? That's like, wrong? like or if somebody like, was like, oh my god, Danzel, you put the eight oh eight in the wrong section in the song, and like then now the build up is all fucked up. What, what would you say? No. Um, no. No. <laughs> in terms of what Holly was saying, what Holly was saying is like, I can understand that somebody got a false interpretation of what maybe I had put into the song just because like they have a different perspective and environment and like experiences that could have led them to believe my the way I portray sadness is the way the happiness 
is the way they portray happiness in their life. So I could totally understand why uh, it'd be it'd be interpreted differently. And I think that's okay, just because like I don't, my music doesn't have to be interpreted the same way by everyone, and I don't think it will be because we're not all the same. Um, and in terms of what you said with the 808 build up, that's all subjective as well. Um, because once again, it just goes against somebody's, um, I don't know, even expectations. Like, yeah. Even while like making movies, somebody would be like, Well, you should have used like a long shot on the here to like right. make this better. And I'm just like, Well, I didn't want to, but I don't know, I guess. Uh, I do that like in general when things when people say that they are correct, and I'm just like, no. <laughs> I so I'm like you personally told me that I'm a bad person because I didn't put the 808. Like I, I get so like so deeply invested in anything. Like even a, a, a terrible essay that I've written, I if I get credit, like I I'm so bad at taking like real criticism. I have to like put it away for a second and be like they're right. They're right. okay. Yeah, I was gonna say how do you philosophize? Reject like, <laughs> everything else from the other side. No, no, I'm no, not but, surprised okay, so like, because when one... we were abroad, you would just keep <laughs> refuting my points and you'd be like, well, like, think about it this way. And I'm just like, I'm... well, no, no, no. Okay, I'm a very argumentative person. In that <laughs> oh, way, I so know. I, think, like, <laughs> I, I like when I argue with you a lot of times, it's not something that I like really truly believe in. I just see that you are really against it. And so then I want to be for it. And then it just, it like spurs on. Like, and I do that with a lot of things too. Like, I find myself like in classes, someone can say something that I like completely agree with. <laughs> But for, for some reason, I like, I, I vehemently like, I'm like, actually, I really disagree with what that person. For like, some reason, for no I feel reason. like you hate that person. <laughs> I do hate that person, <laughs> but I am that person. Nice. But like, and I think like, honestly, though, like that's helped me become a better, like, like thinking person. Because if I can like really strongly argue against like whatever you're saying, Amir, even if I believe what you're saying, like that solidifies my view. As a Karen. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That, that was a perfect pause. I'm sorry. Keep going. Oh my god. The, the amount of like stress I'm feeling. Right Why now. are you um, stressed? We're just talking. <laughs> um. No. Like I just feel like. Well, I feel like you as a person are very easy to argue with. <laughs> so I think that you get that from me more often. Yeah. And I think I can perceive that with other people where I'm like, this is a good chance for me to like fight back because in other cases too like i'm very sensitive to people's like oh my god i don't want to say like vibe but like <laughs> to people's confidence okay like, if someone says something with like extreme confidence like if someone were to tell me like the earth was flat but they said it in the like the most secure way and they like came off as very professional and cool i'd be like okay so well like the earth is flat i guess like what are we gonna do with this information like i would fully believe it so i'm also very sad like and i'm not saying that you're not like intimidated like that yes I, I I have been called intimidating multiple times, even by Danzo before we met. Oh my yeah. god! Whatever, keep <laughs> going on with your point. Well, you are intimidating. I think. What? I no. just think that you're like you're a pushover. Anybody who's listening to this podcast, please text me if I'm intimidating or not. Anything? <laughs> I don't. I I mean, like I think it was it's like it's like a weird type of intimidation. And I think the people that I'm, like, my close friends now in, like, all walks of my life, I was in- very intimidated by when I first became friends with them. And I think that that's, like, important. Like, Danza, would you say that, like, your preconceived notion of Amir being intimidating has at all influenced, like, the way that you got to know him or, like, the way that you interacted? No, I get I, in- I get intimidated by a lot of people. And a lot of people <laughs> actually get intimidated by me. And I don't know. 
And oh. it's just like, you just can't let that intimidation stop you. <laughs> like, that's how I see it. A lot of people that I met at con, I was intimidated by before I actually like sat down and talked. Yeah, no, a lot of the underclass and who were in my residence were really intimidated until they saw me dancing at like orientation weekend. Exactly. And then, oh my God, I've heard this story a million times. And then they asked if I dropped acid, but like, yay. <laughs> and I didn't drop acid because I don't do acid. So, you want to say that louder? You want to clarify? Yeah, I mean, for the record. <laughs> just for the record, I have never done acid on Khan's campus. No, that's a lie. I've never done acid at all. But, um, so I guess, so I don't know. When I look at like the things I like told about during the introduction, this is just like all like such a wide range of things that you're doing. Like, why rowing? I guess like that's another question I have. What's wrong with rowing? Oh God, why rowing? Okay, that, um, there's like, nothing I'm wrong with rowing. I'm just like, <laughs> it's, I don't know. You're like, why not running? Exactly. <laughs> We're not farming. Why not farming? Farming should be an Olympic sport. Why? Yeah. Um, like, I mean, I rode, I started rowing my sophomore year of high school. Oh. Um, and I'm like, I'll be completely honest, I'm not good at it. Um, that's not true. I just love it. No, it's like I'm getting better at it six years in. Um, but like I, I just love it a lot, and I love like I love Khan's team, and and I love my coach, and I love my teammates, and I love being able to kind of carve out a section of my day like to dedicate to like only working out or only kind of like practicing one thing. Um, and I think also like I love the sport, but like outside of that too, like being able to. Um, like be with a team and have like a um i don't know kind of like your own kind of little community but also rowing is like a lot of out like you're on the water so also being kind of outside um is also really good for me um and yeah i really love it and then i also love like i it is the i think it's the best sport and i grew up playing um hockey ice hockey field hockey soccer and lacrosse but did you just say it's the best um, sport I think it's the best sport. Literally, don't, don't, I actually argue. No, okay, we, we will not argue with it right now, but like, I just want to make sure, okay. <laughs> I think it is, because I think also, like, um, it's, I don't know, it, it, because it's a repetitive motion, like, I think I kind of, yeah, I think it's, because, like, rowing is like, you, it's just like a bunch of, like, strokes that you take on the rowing machine or on, in a boat, and I think what I like about that is, like, even the, the best rowers or best athletes or worst athletes can take like one phenomenal amazing stroke or like 10 phenomenal amazing strokes but then the next one can fall back and then the next one can be great and it's like you're always kind of like working for like very like minute changes or kind of minute things that you're working towards and it's also learning how to deal with like and adapt to if you're rowing in a headwind you have to change your technique um, if you're rowing in choppy water, you can Wait, change really? your technique. Like, uh, yeah, you could, like at least we like lean back a little Ooh. bit more. Like you have to change the momentum that you give the str- like. I don't know, and it affects the set, so the balance of the boat too. Um, I flipped over many boats by myself. Nice. Um, yeah, it's really, really exciting. Um, Did you flip it back, really or exciting. were you just like underwater? <laughs> well, like I, well, you know, you fall, you fall out. I actually have a video of it. I can send it to you. Okay. Um, it's really embarrassing, but it was a really expensive boat, and they were like, okay, you, like normally, like to be, um, at least when my when I went to high school and rode, 
you have to flip test to be able to be on the water. So they put you in a single and everyone's in a single in the bay. They have you like stand up and then put one hand in the air and the other until you fall. Um, and then you have to be able to like take the boat apart and then put it back together and then get back in it um, in order to row, just like as a safety measure. Um, and so I knew how to do that. And so I was going to like, I'd fallen out of this like really expensive racing boat. It was like the first time it had ever gone out. Um, but they were like, no, it's too expensive. Like you just have to swim with it on your back and hold the oars um, all the way to the dock. But the the river was like really muddy and it was low tide, so it was really gross. Um, and like there had been dead bodies found in that river too. Like I was so acutely what? aware of like how dirty the water. Well, like there are dead bodies found in every river. Like not to be like dramatic, but what? Um, Wait, for for a second, yes. I was gonna ask Danza if they found anything in the Hudson River, but I feel like you can find everything. Yeah. In the Hudson River. Oh my god. So I was just like, they find crazy like rowers die in the Hudson River. What? Like, okay, no. Crazy. Okay, keep on with your story. Yes, because it's the tides and the currents and the world. <laughs> um, the other factors. Um, but yes, yeah, so I just swim it back. Um, like. And I had to climb onto the dock and I came back like covered in mud. Um, I wore a Fitbit and it died, like it like broke. Um, and right was that like, right as I was coming up, a learn to row group of like 10 or 11 year olds was leaving the dock and they just get like the looks that they gave me, I felt so embarrassed and also so bad. Like they were so scared. Um, so yeah, but I also just like, as for rowing, like I, like I said, like I grew up playing a lot of sports and my family is like incredibly athletic. Like um, my dad was an athlete. My brother is like a huge hockey player and lacrosse player. My sister's a huge hockey, lacrosse and field hockey player. And like, um, so it's nice for me to like have something too. And like, I Hey guys, I row too on the side, just letting you know. I know it's always funny, like in like, my parents will drive like literally to the world's end every weekend and stay in gross hotels for like hockey tournaments for my like little sister and then I'll be like hey mom dad like I have a race this weekend can we think about maybe going and they'll be like um Presley has like this tournament I'm not really sure we'll figure it out and I'm like Presley plays like six hockey games every weekend um or like Cole like he's my brother and Presley's my sister I'm like they, they play games like every weekend for their entire lives like and I have this like one race and that was like probably the only one I was racing because like I said I'm like not a good rower I also have Lyme disease that wasn't my fault um, <laughs> but like <laughs> I know I right I was like wait wow I was like I got Lyme disease last year um, Jesus yeah it was like just New England um, things <laughs> I know well like Lyme Lyme disease was like discovered in old Lyme exactly patches. no we that's what we yeah uh, oh my god yeah, it used to be pediatric arthritis. Jesus, okay. Um, but, yeah, so, like, I'm going all over the place. But my parents would be like, we'll see if we can make it to your race. Because they're also just, like, so... They've been going to hockey games forever and, like, so hockey involved. So it's nice that I have something at least, too, to, like, bring to the athletic table. It's not as, like, understood or appreciated as much as, like, hockey no. is, but... Uh, <laughs> I just, I just yeah. love... That's such an American thing. Because my parents try to do the same thing. But, like... Turkey doesn't do that at all. So like you'd be like, oh, like, like sports. Like we don't do we don't do like youth sports doesn't really exist. Like really, is that why you run? Like soccer, like soccer. Running. Like the only big deal is like soccer camps and volleyball camps. But like every other sport, like if you were a rower, like good luck finding a row- rowing team until you're like 16. But like 
every time mm-hmm. I had, like, a basketball game, I'd be like, oh, like, could you come to a basketball game? And then they'd be like, no. And then there'd only be, like, five other parents who were, like, really passionate, like, other kids. And Aww. I'm just like, well, this is just weird. I think it builds character. Having parents or not having parents? <laughs> At the game, <laughs> not in general. <laughs> not having parents. Yeah, okay. <laughs> what, how does that build because character? then you have to play for yourself. <laughs> No, Dan, so that made it sound like you went through the same thing. Nah. Didn't you play basketball for a while? <laughs> Every, the funniest thing is, okay, so Hallie, before before Danzel's leaving campus, I heard I just hear like, oh, like Danzel's dad is coming to pick him up, and then I some I think I don't know if it was you, Danzel, but then somebody just goes like, oh, like. Danzo's dad is a basketball coach. And then I was like, wait, if your dad's a basketball coach, you can't tell me that you didn't play basketball with your height because you're really tall, Danzo. And then Danzo just goes like, nah, we were not good though. <laughs> and then <laughs> I, I, I'll never, I never forget that time where I went up to your dad and I was like, yo, why is your son not good at basketball? And then your dad just kept laughing. Amir, you're starting to Your dad just started laughing for five whole minutes. <laughs> and I'll never forget that. I was like, I just made a dad laugh this hard. And I didn't even try. <laughs> oh, my God. That is crazy. Yeah. Wait, did, so did your dad make you play basketball? And then you just were like, mm. I'm not Yeah, Daniel, why did you stop playing? Uh, well, there's, there's really a more personal reason that I can't get into as to why okay but um for the most part i just like it just wasn't it just wasn't something i was interested in even though i have this height and everything okay. yeah yeah i know you're given the natural talents um, yeah, Dan, like, I'm gonna put, yeah. i personally don't have any natural talents that could lend me to anything um, what do you mean so I chose really. okay everybody everybody no listening to the talent. podcast right now if you don't know who <laughs> Hallie is, Hallie, literally before we started recording this, she just goes, oh, like, I, I just asked her, like, didn't you sing at the UN? And then she just goes, oh, which time were you talking about? <laughs> so, like, she's done this multiple times. And then she has the audacity to come onto this podcast and go, I have no god giving talents. I have no talents. I can't do anything. I don't. I don't. I think, like, the way I view those are, like, those are, like, opportunities. That what do you life. mean? It's not as if you went to the UN and just stood on the podium and, like, people applauded. Hey, uh, you sang? Did you... No, like, I... Well, it was more so, like... Yeah, well, I did... I sang. I don't, like... It wasn't, like, real singing. It was, like... Lip, lip singing. But it... <laughs> I didn't mean it that way. It was... I was, like, actually physically singing. But it was more so, like, um, finding an issue that was important to me and, like, um using this platform that like I had to talk about it a little bit more so for me it was like um, girls education Um, and so I did a lot of work with um, this organization in New York City called Girl Be Heard and that's how I got to do a lot of really cool things so like short list but like I I, um, got to um, perform at the premiere of the Malala Fund's like documentary he named me Malala um I got to present Lin-Manuel Miranda with an award um and I got to meet him and his dad and um for those of who do not Um, know Lin-Manuel Miranda is the person who made Hamilton because I didn't know that but okay keep going (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like googling like super ferociously I'm mentioning all these names um and then like last last year I got flown out to um 
Vancouver to sing and speak at the world's largest conference on um, like the health, education, and rights of women and children, um, which is really cool. So, but like, it's more like it's, it's not, not talent, like, guys. It's not, it's not talent. No, it's not. It really, truly, is not talent. It's more like I ha- I like found something I'm passionate about. I've like weaseled my way into like I guys truly believe like not to like really shit on myself, but I don't like I think that my real talent is like I can make like make my way into rooms and like prove that I should be there it's not like getting through the door like I'm not a talented person in anything really um like I don't want to talk about myself as a student but like (laughs) like I don't know I think like it's more so like I find like back roads um and so I think like doing those things like that I just mentioned like it was like back roads and the back roads were um like networking and also having something really important to me um that I, I wanted to speak about and I wanted to kind of work with so um like I said that was like girls education um and access to education worldwide um that's my thing but yeah still guys I'm not really talented I just yeah. take the back road so like take the back road damn um but yeah so I don't know I don't yeah, yeah. well Danzo have you ever gone to the UN <laughs> Okay, yeah, I guess that's a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cool place. I've been near there. Yeah. I walked down one time to take the bus. Yeah, I walked near it next to it too. Didn't go inside. There was a field trip, but I was busy that day, so I couldn't go to the, the, the whole thing, which sort of sucked, but... No, it's a really cool building. Um, it's really cool on the inside too. Um, I fun fact through one of the backdoor things that I ended up doing oh my god backdoor is like I feel like back I feel like that's something like not good yeah it makes it Whatever. makes you sound like a of... black male like yeah like you no said isn't backdoor like yeah, backdoor like shady, shady, shady. Stuff, yeah. <laughs> but you when yeah. you say it it okay, sounds whatever. great so, it sounds like things. you're doing <laughs> good stuff my name my name is okay. my name is ha- Halle Paredes <laughs> and like I, I do backdoors like all the time <laughs> <laughs> you did not just say that. You did not. Just no, say I mean, that. guys, um, that's not. Don't worry, we can cut that out. Okay, so what I was gonna say was pretty like wholesome. Like I met um, an ambassador to a country, and she invited me on a personal like private tour of the United Nations, and so I got to sit in the like ambassadors' lounge and meet some really cool um, politicians and representatives from countries. Because there was like how, just something going how on. How are ambassadors? That's like always something. Because I don't know. I feel like. I feel like ambassadors, that title that that gets thrown around and you're just like, like technically I'm an ambassador when you're working in the office, you're like, oh my God, you're a Canadian college (laughs) ambassador. And you're like, what is, yeah, like what is my job? And they're just like, calm. And I'm just like, what does that mean? (laughs) I mean like. And then, so like, what is that at a country scale? They're like ambassadors to the United States, like that type of ambassador not like front desk at the yeah i mean okay yeah not that there's anything wrong oh yeah i'm an ambassador i work front desk at the end but like what is like are they like are they always talking about like let me tell you how awesome the un is or like what what are they um no like when i the ones that i met just like wanted to talk about like me and i like asked them like i just was like thank you for the work that you're doing like how was your trip you like really kind of like basic comfortably things um but even like i've met like i met the um 
First Lady of Canada, um, Sophie Trudeau, and she was like just another, like she was just like a mom vibe. Like she was just so cute and nice. She didn't talk about anything. Wait, did you say? Did you say the First Lady of Canada? Okay. Yeah, so Sophie Trudeau. I feel I feel like that's She's super nice. like first, Met her for like a that's second. like a first lady thing though. Like you don't like first ladies are always like moms, you know? Yeah, I'm trying to think like I don't know, like I feel, I know, I've met some I feel like the reason like time, everybody and none of them have seen like balls with Michelle like, Obama is because like Michelle Obama is like a great mom, you know? Yeah. Well, oh my god, okay, so like one time, this isn't an ambassador. Oh my god, for a second, I thought you were gonna Um, say I met Michelle Obama and we became together, and I was like, what? No. No. Thanks, Danzo. That's like, that was what I would lead with. That would be my like lock screen on my phone. Um, No, so like, I I was like 15, I think, 14. No, I was 15 at the premiere of like the Malala Funds documentary and it was like a real premiere so they had like a step and repeat um and like things like that and it was really and like it's like a premiere so there were like famous people everywhere and like famous activists too like i met gloria steinem a few times she's like a, a really famous like feminist activist um but i was sitting in the um the dressing room and i was like rehearsing my song or whatever and talking to people within um girl be heard which is the organization i was working with um, and like people with the Malala fund and I had just met Malala or something and I was like kind of like shaken up and this woman comes and like gives me a hug and is like talking to me I was like crying I think because I was like so excited um, and she comes and gives me a hug and is like oh my god it's okay and we started talking and then she was like you're really pretty like what's your race or like in an appropriate way and I was like oh, I'm half Filipino half white and she goes me too and I was like no way and she goes like hi my, na- my name is like um, Nicole Scherzinger and she's like a member of the Pussycat Dolls. Oh my God, um, we know who Nicole Scherzinger is. My man Danzo knows too. Yeah, <laughs> I love her. And, <laughs> and I felt bad. Like I, I was like hanging out with her for like 20 minutes. I had no idea who she was. She had to introduce. Well, I like knew her very. I was like very familiar with her because I watch when I get stressed. I watch all of the like bad auditions for um, X Factor, and she's a judge on the X Factor. Um, but yeah, like and so she was super. Like she was like a. I thought she, I, I thought she was just like a comforting, kind mom or something before I met. She was beautiful, but like I had no idea that person of fame, <laughs> celebrity. Um, but she was super nice. Um, and Lin Lin Manuel Miranda was super nice too when I met him. Um, he gave me a signed book of like um, his Hamilton book. Because it hadn't okay. come out yet. Jesus. Um, okay, Hallie, I feel like you're just, like, flexing on us at this point. You just that's, keep flexing. That's how you know she's an athlete. She just <laughs> flexes I, real hard. I was, like, no muscles. One time I, like, was flexing, and, with, like, it was, like, me and a few of my friends, and my little sister, who was, like, 10 at the time, was, like, let me see who's the strongest. So we all flexed. It was at the peak of my athleticism. Um, and she went and, like, felt the biceps of everyone. And then she got to me, and she, like, pinched the top. Like, so she, like, pinched, like, my skin. And she goes, flabby. <laughs> and I was like, what? Oh, wow. She was, like, making fun of me. And I was like, I'm mortified. This is hilarious, but I'm mortified. You know what I've been thinking about for the past couple minutes? You know what we've been talking about, like, yeah. first ladies? Like, mm-hmm. what would a... So, like, if... First gentleman Exactly, like, like, what... If a woman is president, what is a first gentleman's role then? Is he just, like, a dad? Since, like, the first lady... Well, I think things have to change, like... <laughs> 
I don't I think it's like like a, the first lady is in charge with like picking the decor of the White House I think and like oh, the china God. that they use the portraiture and I think that, <sighs> I think that's very antiquated um, like already that's I think, wait I did not like, know that imagine a dude just going through like yeah we did a plasma right here fucking LED 95 inch TV like portrait of me like <laughs> freaking giant out. poster of Babe Ruth I don't know why I said that but like <laughs> put it on there when you said Babe Ruth I thought Babe the Pig no it's <laughs> like what okay that's yeah what... oh yeah okay what would you want in your like White House you became a president of anything <laughs> well i mean <laughs> since i i feel like if okay we're gonna say i'm american let's say uh, let's assume i'm american oh my god okay i know that yeah you assume you're american because i would i would have said like we're gonna put a giant turkish flag in the white house yes <laughs> i mean you could no um why not you're <laughs> no that would that you're would home. be bad um <laughs> get like- I've, Get like um bed sheets that are the turkey. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, honestly, oh, that's that's a good question. What would I get? Thank you. I should be hosting. No, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, wait, Dan's a yeah. do you have an answer. Um, what do I think about it. Right off the okay. bat, I need a no, music studio in there. <laughs> um, <laughs> yep, and like I mean that. That's about it, really. <laughs> <laughs> you, while you like while you like address the nation you're like let me lay Beat down a real quick real. I made a speech um like the president song remix like oh my god I'll never forget this one time so like after graduation happened two years ago it was my first year on con with um me and my friends were walking back and then this like random like camera guy who records for like the graduation documentary like was walking by and then like we were like dressed well so he like points the camera he's like come on guys like give us something and then since like three of my friends were musicians they just started singing like pomp and circumstance that was like boom 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 like, like a presidential song and then somebody started laying a beat down and then we were just like dancing next to it and he just like kept recording no for like two minutes <laughs> and then I was just like, well, how do I watch this now? Because that was awesome. So I still don't know where that footage is. But, like, that was really fun. Um, okay, so back to the White House question. Yeah, what would you oh, have? God. Every single answer I'm thinking about Fitness is really Fitness items. A gym. Like, you? But yeah, a gym. Yeah. Well, they, I, they, they definitely already they have They probably have a gym. Well, they probably have that, too. Uh, bro, I want a, a nice, nice, nice wine cellar. Do they have a wine cellar, you think, in the yeah, White yeah. House? Yeah, I guarantee you they... I, I'm okay. sure they do. Like, then I want a separate room dedicated to tasting wine. And, like, if I'm the president and if I have... Why not, like, a coffee shop? I feel like you would want, like, a literal, like, yeah. coffee shop. Oh, like, a coffee shop just for me? Like, I'm the only person in it? <laughs> yeah, but oh, I, I've got I've got one customer, the first lady. <laughs> We get romantic up in the coffee shop, and then we think take take things up to the bedroom, and then I do some diplomacy. To your Turkish flag room. Oh, there, there's a fla- room with just Turkish flags. That would be hilarious. Oh my god. But I feel like that would just be bad because then every single American would be like, "Why is he not supporting our?" He doesn't country? know what needs to go on in your like literal private bedroom and coffee shop. Apparently. Wow. Well, what would you put in your White House? I'm gonna hack the question, and I want famous friends. 
in my white What? Face. <laughs> I want Nicole Scherzinger with I me want at all times. famous friends. No, I have, a, I have a different list of famous friends that I want. And I want them all there at my beck and call. Like, I push a button and they're flying from wherever. Wow. So you just like... I want to buy... No, so what I'm saying is I want to buy... Oh, you're just saying like, send Air Force One and then like... Yes, send Air Force One to pick up Harry Styles. Oh my God. (laughs) Instantly. Nice, nice. And then like... Yeah, that's uh, what I do. We use our allies across the pond to get the best boys in the White House. (laughs) Me and Boris Johnson being like, okay, so I need Harry for... (laughs) Boris is just Uh, like, no, but Harry's coming over to my place. I know, but I'm like, Harry got robbed in your place. Like, you gotta protect our national treasure. I'm, you can tell I'm regressing. Like, being home, I'm regressing into, like, my One Direction phase. I saw, I went to six One Direction concerts. And how um, do you feel about that? <laughs> I, I was gonna say, I feel good about that. Like, to my, I was talking to my mom. <laughs> I was talking to my mom, and I was like, listen, like, if they get reunited, if, like, the sun shines one day, I'm okay with spending... <laughs> because I've sat with this decision for like like literally seven years, um, and I'm okay with it. Jesus, I would do it. Meet and greet ticket, set. Um, but I mean, hopefully, like I maybe I I'm famous. I have famous friends. Um, that would get me into like the backstage of the one back doors again. again always, <laughs> yeah, always <laughs> you in the back doors. Jesus. <laughs> Howie's never straightforward. We have to, like, I really feel like Backdoor is, like, a, a service that's, like, like not a service, like, ser- like service, but I feel like it's, like, a service for something. You're the good. president <laughs> of the United States. You can walk straight <laughs> on to anything. Uh, okay, I'm walking straight behind the scenes. Which is how the government <laughs> operates. Mm. And all my favorite pop... <laughs> that's true. Like, you know, I feel like the Obama kids met One Direction, like, 3,000 times. I would do that with my power too. Maybe I want my dad to be president, I guess, is what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> I know I want to be president. <laughs> I'm like, my whole thought process right here is like, how do I get to like have One Direction in my presidential future? Jesus. Forces like, One Direction to reunite. Zayn, you're getting back in there, baby. We don't care about what you think. Well, Zayn can be a father. Oh my God. I, oh my God, my dream job, a babysitter for all of their children. Because they're going to be three ba- One Direction how kids now. We started talking about philosophy at the beginning of this episode. I don't know how we could get it I back down. I also realized, like, let's say, stroke of luck, I do become, pre- I don't want to be president. Like, let's say, stroke of luck, I become One Direction's babysitter. Now that I put this on your podcast, what if, like, they're rummaging around? I don't know if they'd ever find your podcast, but they wow. find this in my background. Danza, did you hear they that? They find this in my background. What time sounds going to do listen to this? Danza, did you hear no, that? No. You just got... I you never know. Don't fake news. Like, no, that's true. Oh my god. What? A- okay. But then I now that I've said this stuff, it'd be problematic if it actually happened. So I just shot myself. Well, everybody's listening to the podcast. Let's prove Hallie wrong. Share this podcast on every single platform you can think of. Hey, Harry. <laughs> like, can I tell you? We've probably said like. Like something about me getting through the back door like five million times, and I have such a deep feeling in my body that something's wrong. No, I think you just see it that <laughs> way. I, I'm sure back door just means something like sneaking criminal, not like back doors, you know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Danzo, I didn't get what you said. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, no. 
I, I clarified it. One direction and back doors. Damn. That's well, what I've gotten. That, this was really nice. I guess a segue would be like, we're going to take the back door and sort of like <laughs> bring the episode to a close. But this has been... That was... Just... I'm, I'm sorry. I just I just tried my best. Okay. Um, what is it? Is that a... Just a whoa. Oh, like... It's... A whoa. Wow. <laughs> How yeah. You just talked about One a... Direction and now you're acting like a 50-year-old. <laughs> what is that? Stop it. Stop. Okay, but... <laughs> <laughs> oh whoa! Um, thank you so much for coming on to our episode, uh, podcast for this episode. Thank you for having but, me. But um, is there anything that you would like to tell the people who are listening about anything that's going on with your life, or like anything that you're feeling before we sort of sign off? Um, just like hang in there. Um, we started off this podcast by me saying I'm surviving, trying to thrive. Um, and yeah, like we're all, this is like a crazy time. We'll all get through it. Um, yeah. Hang in there. Stay inside, please stay inside until you're allowed to not do that mm. anymore because of this mirror has to live in the plex for like, a million yeah, months. I do have to do that. Um, so yeah, that's it. Thank you. For yeah, no, me. thank you for coming on to the show. Um, Everybody, that's been the Concast Podcast. We're new episodes every single Tuesday at 7 p.m. We bring a new guest on every single week because, you know, we're just on top of things, I guess, even amidst oh, this yeah. quarantine. But that's just the, that's just the humble flex. Next so on top. Next to flexing that she's done for the past 44 minutes. <gasps> but um, thank you for tuning into our episode. We'll see you next week. And until then, stay safe, stay sane, and Bye. goodbye.